We begin today the Gemara on Daf Chavtes and Medalev, three lines from the top. The Gemara is discussing the mitzvah of Sukkah, specifically what it says in the Pasik, Teshvu Ke'ein Taduru, that you should live in the Sukkah the way you live in your house, and that should be a permanent uh, place that you live like all year in your house. Omar so Rava says, Moni Mishtia, the vessels that you use for drinking, cups and things like that. Bimatalalta, that you can leave in the Sukkah even after you finish drinking they're okay to stay in the sukkah. But money michle, the plates and things like that that uh, you use for a food, after you finish eating, you should take it out of the sukkah because it's not clean and it's not respectful to leave it in the sukkah. Chatzpah, earthenware barrels or jugs, vishachel or a wooden jug, that you should take out of the sukkah. It's also not uh, respectful for the sukkah. A candle should be inside the sukkah. And others say that a candle should be left outside of the sukkah. Rashi says we're talking about a candle from earthenware. So there are, there's a machlekes here whether it should be kept inside the sukkah or not. So the Gemara explains they're actually not arguing. If it's a large sukkah, it could be inside the sukkah. And if it's a small sukkah, so then you shouldn't keep it inside the sukkah. So Taisus here explains that all of the other cases are speaking about what's respectful to remain inside a sukkah. Something that's dirty, that's disgusting, shouldn't be inside of a sukkah. Here, regarding the candles, the issue is pashat safety. If it's a large sukkah, then it's okay to leave the candle inside. If it's a small sukkah, then it's not safe. The sukkah can catch on fire. So it's actually a gzeda of chazal not to bring it into the sukkah, even if you'll say that uh, it won't catch on fire and I'm, I'm okay with it. But chazal will gezer that they know that it might catch on fire and then you won't have a sukkah to be in. Or even there, you'll, you'll be uncomfortable with the candle in the sukkah and you'll leave the sukkah. So therefore, they will gezer not to bring the candle into the sukkah. That's the pshat according to Taisvis. There are other opinions in the Rishainim, many actually. One of the opinions is that since we're talking about a sukkah, that's the minimum size, that's what the Gemara means when it says sukkah katana, so bringing a candle into the sukkah will take away from the minimum space that you need inside the sukkah. Sukkah Gemara Vaiter, it said in the Mishnah, Yardu Gishamim, that when it rains, you could leave the sukkah. Tane and Abraise, we learned, Mishatisra, Hamikvashal Grisen, when the congealed dish of Grisen, of some kind of a beans would get ruined from the rain, that's when you could leave the sukkah. So this example is used because this is something that gets ruined from the rain pretty quickly. Abaye Yosef Yosef was sitting in front of Rav Yosef in the sukkah. Noshav zike, a wind began to blow, and some splinters wood fell into the sukkah. Amalur Rav Yosef, so Rav Yosef said to them, take out my vessels from here. He was going to leave the sukkah. So Abaye said to him, but in the Mishnah we said, you could only leave the sukkah if there's rain and if it's something that's going to ruin your dish of food. So it's just some wind and some splinters falling from the schach, so why are you leaving the sukkah? So he answered him, for a person like me, since I'm very delicate and very particular, just this, that splinters are falling into the sukkah is like the rain that's ruining the food, and for me, I can't be in the sukkah. So from here, you see that when it comes to this halacha of mitztayer, you could look at the situation of the individual. So this is something that's discussed by the Paiskim. The Tur actually says that when it comes to mitztayer, an individual can say that I have tsar from this. If nobody else has tsar from this, you can't come and say that I have tsar. But in this Gemara, 
it seems that an individual could say something that he is particular about. So there's a difference though. If a person comes and says something that he's particular about something, then nobody, nobody's particular about this. You can't leave the sukkah. But if it's something that certain delicate individuals are particular about it, like this case of Rav Yosef, then that's something that um, you could say and uh, you could leave the sukkah. We learned in the Braisa, you were eating in the sukkah. The yard, the Gishamim, and it began to rain. And the Yarat, he went down into his house from the sukkah. We don't make him go back up to the sukkah until he completes his suda. He doesn't have to go and see if the rain stopped and then to go back into the sukkah. Once he left the sukkah, he could complete his suda inside. If someone was sleeping inside the sukkah, the yard, the gishamim, and it came down rain, the yard, and he went down from the sukkah into his house. We don't make him go back up to the sukkah until it'll be light. That's the way it's read here. Until it'll be light. So the Gemara actually asks. The question was asked. What was the statement yoyer meant? Is it with an ayin, meaning until he awakes? He can go into his house, he goes to sleep, and we're not going to have to wake him up if it stops raining. If he wakes up, then he should go back into the sukkah. Or does it mean that even if he wakes up, he doesn't have to go back into the sukkah until it becomes light outside? That's what it means. Toshima, the Gemara brings that eye from Abraisa because it says, doesn't have to go back until it'll be light and the dawn, the break of dawn. That's what Amudashacha means. So the question is, Tarti? Is this Braise giving you two different time periods here? Yar means it's light, fully light outside. Yala Mudashacha means the break of dawn. It's still dark outside. So what, which shir is it? Elo Eime. So the only way to read this Braise is Atshi Yair, Yair with an ayin, until he awakes, Viyala Mudashachad, and he awakes in the morning. So from this Braise we see that if he wakes up and it's still in the middle of the night, he doesn't have to go to the sukkah. If it's a Mudashachad and he's still asleep, we don't have to wake him up to take him to the sukkah. It's if he wakes up and it's Amud HaShachah, the break of dawn, then he has to go to the sukkah. It said in the Mishnah, that when it rains in sukkahs, it's compared to the servant that's serving his master wine and, or water and his master takes it or it says that he, and he, he spilled it in his face. It doesn't it, it say clearly in the Mishnah who spilled it on whose face. That's what the Gemara clarifies now. When it says in the Mishnah, who is it that's spilling it on whose face? So we learned in the Braised Ponov. His master poured it back onto his face. And that's the rain. When it rains, it's the Abishter Kaviyachal pouring down the rain on the Yidden. And the master is telling him, I don't want your service. We learned So because we brought this Indian here of the Meibishter bringing rain on Sukkot, which is a bad sign, Rashi said in the Mishnah, it's a Simen Klala. So therefore brings now another subject regarding something which is a Simen Klala. So we learned If there's an eclipse of the sun, This is a bad sign for the entire world. And an analogy for this. A king of flesh and blood, he made a big party for all of his servants, and he placed a lantern in front of them. Then he got angry at them, and he tells his servant, 
Toil panas mipneem, take away this lantern from in front of them, vayshivim v'chayshach, and let them be in dark. Say the same thing also when there's an eclipse of the sun and it's dark in the world, it's the bad sign, it's a similar for the whole world. Tanya and Abraisa, we learned a different opinion. says, any time that any of the luminaries in the sky have an eclipse, this is a bad sign for the which is a euphemism for Yidin themselves. Because Yidin are accustomed to getting punished. Mashal is an analogy for this. Of a teacher, he comes to school one day, and he has a whip in his hands. Who's the one that's concerned about the whip in the teacher's hands? The one that's usually getting punished by his teacher is the one that's concerned when he sees that the teacher has a strap in his hand. So to here, it's the Yidin that should be concerned when they see an eclipse of the illuminaries in the sky. If it's an eclipse of the sun, it's a bad sign for the guy. If it's the moon, that there's an eclipse of the moon, then it's a bad sign for the Sinem Shal Yisrael, a euphemism for Yidin. If nay, she Yisrael, the Yidin, their calendar is the lunar calendar. And the guy after the solar calendar. If when he sees the eclipse, the sun is on the Mizrach, right in the morning, when the sun comes out in the east. It's a bad sign for the people in the Mizrach side of the world. If he sees the eclipse, and when the sun is coming down at the end of the day, at the west, it's a bad sign for the people living in the west of the world. If the eclipse is when the sun is in the middle of the sky, then it's a bad sign for the entire world. Panov, Daimen, Ledam, if the appearance of the sun is similar to red, like blood, so then, it's a sign that it's a sword that's going to come into the world. If the sun is compared to the color of sackcloth, which is dark, that means that there's a rov, there's a hunger coming to the world. When a person's hungry, his face gets black, dark. If the sun is partially reddish and partially dark, so then, so that's a sign that both a sword and hunger is coming to the world. If the eclipse of the sun is when the sun is setting, towards the end of the day, that means that the punishment is going to be to take time until it comes, just like this eclipse that's happening towards the end of the day. If you see the eclipse when the sun comes out in the morning part of the day, so that means that means that it's uh, very quick to come. And others say that it's actually the reverse. That if the sun is by uh, Shkia, so that means that it's already at the end of the day, and therefore it's gonna it's it means that the, the Puranius is right here. It's about the sun is about to set. But if it's in the morning, so that then it means that it's gonna take time until the uh, Puranius comes. You never have any nation that the Abisha punishes them, and their God is not punished with it. Shanemaz, it says by Mitzrayim, Mitzrayim Shvatim that the Abish also punishes the gods of Mitzrayim by the Makis. And when Yidin do, the Abish does will. So then Amos Yadin that is. So then Yidin don't have to be afraid, Mikolelu, from all these uh, bad signs. 
Shanamarts as in the Posik, Koyama Hashem, El Derecha Goyim Al Talamdu, do not learn the ways of the Goyim, Umiasis Hashemayim Al Tichatu, do not be afraid of any signs in heaven, Kiyachata Goyim Eimo, the Goyim are afraid of those signs, Oivdikachavim Yachatu, Ven Yisrael Yachatu. Goyim are afraid, but Yidin are not afraid from any of these signs in the sky. Toner Abanan and Abraisa we learned, Beshvil, Arbod, Vodim, Chamaloike. Because of four things, there's an eclipse of the sun. Al-Av Bezdin Shemais, Vein and Nisbet Ka'alocha. When you have an Av Bezdin that passed away and he wasn't eulogized properly. Val Naira Amorosa Shetzaka Bi'ir. When you had a situation of a girl that was betrothed and someone was forcing her in a relationship outside, then she was screaming, and nobody came to her help. When males have relations that they're not allowed. And two brothers, their blood was spilled at the same time. Rashi here actually says he doesn't know what's the connection of these things to the Chamaloike. And for four things, the Mo'eris, the other luminaries in the sky, the, 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 the moon and the stars, have an eclipse. Al Kaisvei, plaster, on those that write false documents or any false, fraudulent uh, papers to come and uh, the, the say things bad about someone that are not true. Val Mi'ide, people that say false witness. Val false testimony. Val Megadle, Behemet Dake, Be'eretz Yisrael and people that are raising small livestock in Eretz Yisrael, so there's actually a gzeda that the Gemara says in Baba Kama, that you're not supposed to raise these animals in Eretz Yisrael because they can't be controlled and they go, they eat up in other people's field, the food. Val Koytetze, Ilan is Tevis, and someone that cuts fruit trees, which is actually Isim and to cut fruit trees. Obishvel, Dalet Vodim. And there's four things that Nichse Balabatim Nimsadim Lamalchus. Because of these four things, the possessions of Balabatim, of rich people, become possessed by the government. On people that have documents, loan documents, that were already collected, and they keep the documents in their possession to collect with it a second time. And those that lend money on interest, this is, which of course is Isim and Atayre, so it brings about the Likri uh, Chama. The, the and referring to these Balabatim that are in a position of power and they have the, uh, the authority to be able to protest against those that do Avedis in their generation and they don't use that, that power they have. And people that pledge money publicly for Tzedakah and they don't give the Tzedakah. So Rav said, There are four things that causes the possessions of the Balabatim to go and get lost and get destroyed. When they don't pay on time the money for the people that they hired. And if they don't pay at all, they completely steal the money that they owe for people that they hired. They remove the yoke, the responsibility that they have on themselves. And they place it on others. And because of their haughty behavior, because of the money they have, because of the authority, the position they have, they use that out in a, in a, in a, in a gaivedig way. This gasasaruach is the worst of all of them. But regarding the people that are humble, the Pasik says, Those that are humble, they will inherit the land, and they'll have the pleasure of all the peace with all their possessions. The Abisha will grant it to them, and they'll be able to keep it. This is the conclusion of the second Pedic of Masech Sukkah.
So there's a, there's a famous question that many of the Mepharshim ask on this Gemara regarding the Simonic Klala that there is from the different Chama uh, like and the Ma'iris like and the eclipse of the sun and the moon and so on. How could this be a Simonic Klala? These are natural occurrences that happen in the position of the sun and the moon when they go across each other and it creates an eclipse. So what does it mean that this is a Simonic Klala? So the Rebbe's husband is that it doesn't actually mean that this is a simon of what will, will happen. What it means is when you have this eclipse, it's a certain time period in the world where it, there's a nature of drawing a person into negative things, into a certain punishment or into negative behavior. And therefore, when the Gemara here says the four things, the various different things that the Gemara says, that because of this chamaloike, the correct shot in the Gemara actually is when there is chamaloike, this brings a certain tendency in the behavior of a person that he should have these weaknesses to do these things. But he still has the Bechir Chavshis to stay away from them, to be strong, even when there's a weakness in the nature that brings about such tendencies that he could be strong. And based on this, the Rebbe actually beautifully explains the difference between a Yid and a guy, where the Gemara says that the Yidin are not afraid and the Goyim are afraid. So what's the difference? If we're talking about a certain time period because of this eclipse that brings a certain tendency, so what's the difference between a Yid and a guy? So the difference is a guy is always thrown under the laws of nature. And therefore, even though a guy, we don't take away the free choice of anybody, including of a guy, and even when there's such a tendency, he could still be strong and, and withstand that uh, tendency. But nevertheless, it's something they have to be afraid of because the teva, the strength of this tendency of teva is something that will strongly affect them. Whereas a Yid, if he's Eisen Ritzayinah Shalmakim, as the Gemara says, and the real idea of Eisen Ritzayinah Shalmakim means someone that's serving the Eibishter supernaturally. He's doing the Eibishter's will, focused on what the Eibishter wants, above nature. So then, Teva and the tendencies of nature, including all these Likrichama, Likrichama, the things that bring certain weaknesses in the Teva, that a person should do Avedis, won't affect them at all. He'll, be, he'll rise totally above it and he won't even have to strengthen himself against it. And therefore, therefore he shouldn't even be afraid. That's the distinction between a guy and a Yid that the Gemara is explaining over here. Okay, this is the conclusion of the second Patek. We'll start the third Patek in Mitzvah tomorrow.